Welcome to Show Your Work, the Flash Fiction Podcast, where I, Tyler Barton, find a piece that I really love. I find the author, I sit them down, and I make them tell me all about how the thing was made. And today we have Maggie Sue, who wrote a story called Egg Alien. It appeared back in 2015 in Smoke Long Quarterly, one of the best places for flash fiction around. This story does such a great job of balancing subtlety and mood with directness and um, urgency, as Maggie will talk about later. She talks a little bit about show, don't tell, um, which she kind of says that telling can be really powerful. So let's hear from her. I've been really drawn to contrasts in my work. So I was really interested in the idea of an alien, which is something foreign and new and grotesque and kind of frightening, and the egg, which is something that's so fragile. She dreamt of aliens with eggs for heads, and when she told him at dinner, he told her that was normal. Just a stress dream, he said, over their steaks. She'd asked for medium, but it was still bleeding when she cut into it. So I started with this image, and then I had already been thinking a lot about gender and power dynamics and heteronormative relationships particularly, um, and those two kind of came together in this piece. The wedding, he said, with a gentle smile. That must be it, she said, although she regularly forgot they were getting married. Some mornings she'd wake, wondering why there was a ring on her finger, and then she'd spend the rest of the day remembering. I have this thing where I apologize for everything I do, even when it's not wrong. So I was thinking a lot about where that comes from and um, the ways in which that um, need to apologize or that feeling that I have to please people or I have to do specific things um, comes from this kind of gendered idea um, of the homemaker and of, of someone who um, is the comforter in the, the situation. She was a born appeaser. On her preschool report card, her teacher had written, quiet and accommodating, an excellent student. That definitely came from some real teacher's evaluations, which I got all A's for such a long time, but they were always like very cooperative, like very able to be what I, other people wanted me to be. A week ago, her period hadn't come, but she'd scheduled an appointment for next Tuesday. I actually wrote this piece at AWP in Minneapolis. Um, I was feeling very um, overwhelmed and kind of unbalanced. And I feel like this story kind of mirrors that type of, of unbalance a little bit. I'm having an abortion, she said. She put her fork and knife down. But I definitely wanted it to have a container. And I felt like a steakhouse or a fancy dinner was like a container of like formality in a way. Like there are rules to being in that that space, um, and I wanted that to kind of you know the story to be about subverting those rules or um, coming up against the boundary where you uh, realize you have to. You you don't just have to do the action, but you have to speak the action. The decision wasn't a surprise for her, but she had assumed it would stay bottled in some deep place that women were born to put things. Yet now, with a bloody stake in front of her, it stood up and walked out. My favorite sentence is the, um, 
yet now with a bloody stake in front of her, it stood up and walked out. It's also a sentence I had to fight for. I love sentences that risk something, that risk being too explicit, that risk being too sentimental, um, because to me it suggests that I'm writing for a reason, that I'm writing with urgency, that this matters to me, but it's, it's, it's the showing and telling because you realize how beautiful telling can be. I guess that's why I love that sentence, because it is telling. Um, but I think when you have telling moments that are complex, I think the problem is telling moments that, that flatten rather than expand, but realizing that you can create telling moments that only add complexity versus take it away. A month ago, she'd hung up on her mother mid-phone conversation. She'd called her back later, said that her finger had just accidentally hit the end button, and her mother hadn't questioned it, had gone on talking about her garden, the gardenias that stubbornly refused to pop up this year. There is a mother who phone call in almost all of my stories, <laughs> but I'm interested in like, these miscommunications that happen so often on the phone and these kind of silences um, that can happen where you're trying to communicate something and they hear something completely different and they respond um, kind of sideways. I think the wine's hitting me, he said, tilting his glass until the red almost spilled over. What do I have to be stressed about anyway, she asked. I don't know if anyone else does this, but like I, I like, oh, this is a warm story, oh, this is a cool story. Like I have like a spectrum of like, in terms of like how something makes me feel. Um, and I can see the value in both, but I try and write stories that don't just feel like intellectual exercises. So is this a cool or a warm story? I think I was going for warm. I think maybe it's like lukewarm. Oh. <laughs> She opened her eyes and saw his head recoiled, that smile still stuck to his face like gum on asphalt. She said nothing, just looked down at her hands, her palms opened on her lap. You can tell if something is crafted by a first sentence, so I always try and make sure that, especially in a flash piece, it's as taut as it can be, and that the beginning speaks back towards the end, that the ending feels both surprising and earned, inevitable. She dreamt of aliens with eggs for heads, and when she told him at dinner, he told her that was normal. Just a stress dream, he said, over their steaks. She'd asked for medium, but it was still bleeding when she cut into it. She saw the egg aliens of her dream sitting in their center. They stared up at her with their tiny, two-dimensional faces. Slowly, she turned her palms over and watched them fall and split open. The ending. Um, I, it's so hard in Flash. Like, it's my own weak, well, not weak, it's my weakness, maybe, um, is getting the ending right. But I feel like you need, in Flash, that, like, punch in the gut and that's so cliche to say, uh, but you need that, you need to be left, like when you, when I read an amazing poem, I'm left with something and I actually put it down, and I feel the same way about Flash. I don't read like Flash after Flash after Flash. I read one and then I say, okay, I wanna like set this down for a moment and have a second to just like process what that has done to me. 
Slowly, she turned her palms over and watched them fall and split open. She thought, this is love. Yeah, I had to fight for that last sentence with my thesis director, with editors, and I felt strongly about keeping it. But I just wanted to think about abortions, how this act can be one of love, or like a radical act of self-love. And I feel like it's a story that I wanted to tell um, in that specific way, and that these people trying to control this woman's body or having control over your own body and having kind of a radical self-love. I wanted to think about that in terms of these kind of gendered procedural operations that are so politicized. And I wanted to have that dissonance. I wanted to say, this is about love. This is not about violence. And now here's Maggie Sue reading her story, Egg Alien, in full. Egg Alien. She dreamt of aliens with eggs for heads, and when she told him at dinner, he told her that was normal. Just a stress dream, he said, over their steaks. She'd asked for medium, but it was still bleeding when she cut into it. It looked like their faces were drawn on with Sharpie, she said, and wrinkled her nose like their alien bodies had disgusted her. But really, she'd enjoyed the way their heads rolled, bobbing like pelicans in the ocean. I think the wine's hitting me, he said, tilting his glass until the red almost spilled over. What do I have to be stressed about anyway, she asked. A month ago, she'd hung up on her mother mid-phone conversation. She'd called her back later, said that her finger had just accidentally hit the end button, and her mother hadn't questioned it, had gone on talking about her garden, the gardenias that stubbornly refused to pop up this year. A week ago, her period hadn't come, but she'd scheduled an appointment for next Tuesday. The wedding, he said, with a gentle smile. She looked behind her for the waitress with the high ponytail, who'd promised her more water but never returned. That must be it, she said, although she regularly forgot they were getting married. Some morning she'd wake, wondering why there was a ring on her finger, and then she'd spend the rest of the day remembering. As she ate, she watched the chandelier in the center of the dining room vibrate. It was hanging above an elderly couple who chewed very quietly. They had probably lived long and happy lives together. They probably had children who had children who never called them. They probably wouldn't mind if the chandelier fell. Getting cold feet, he joked, because the silence between them had gone on for too long. Not unless you turn into an alien, she said, and realized suddenly that she meant it. It had been an easy decision to marry him, even though Marcy, her best friend from college, used to tell her that she could do better. He's nothing to write home about, Marcy would say on the phone, before she'd stopped picking up Marcy's calls. He's something, she'd say gently in return. She was a born appeaser. On her preschool report card, her teacher had written, quiet and accommodating, an excellent student. I'm having an abortion, she said. She put her fork and knife down. The decision wasn't a surprise for her, but she had assumed it would stay bottled in some deep place that women were born to put things. Yet now, with a bloody stake in front of her, it stood up and walked out. What, he said. She opened her eyes and saw his head recoiled, that smile still stuck to his face like gum on asphalt. She said nothing, just looked down at her hands, her palms opened on her lap. She saw the egg aliens of her dream sitting in their center. They stared up at her with their tiny, two-dimensional faces. 
Slowly, she turned her palms over and watched them fall and split open. She thought, this is love. That's it for today's episode of Show Your Work. If you want to find the rest of our episodes, check us out at fearnolit.com or on our SoundCloud searching for Show Your Work. I'm also looking right now for suggestions for stories and authors to cover in season two. Hopefully people who will be at AWP 18 so I can meet them and interview them in person. Let me know if you have any ideas. Today's episode was recorded and produced by me, Tyler Barton. The music was also produced by me. Uh, you heard Maggie Sue talking about her story, Egg Alien, which was in Smoke Long Quarterly. Go read that. And here's one more bit from Maggie. Yeah, it was really interesting because I was at the Jennifer Egan um, reading the other night, day, and she um, was reading Visit from the Goon Squad, and she was actually like talking about how she changed and cut lines that were in the pul- I mean, they won a Pulitzer Prize. Um, so I was, that made me feel a little bit better because I'm constantly like obsessively changing things even after they've been published, after they're in my thesis, um, after, you know, after that I assume I will still be changing things and trying to perfect them. So it's just, yeah, there are definitely changes from the, the smoke long version, things I cut out, things I'll probably put back in eventually, but I like to view it as kind of a living document, something that's not nailed down.